Welcome to Career Tours. This week, your black book. The question this cast answers are, what is a black book? Why would I need a black book? And what should be in my black book? I think we should start by saying it doesn't have to be black. (laughs) (laughs) Which is black book. (laughs) Really reassuring, actually, because I bought a whole bunch of notebooks at once because you know, I need notebooks all the time and they're all red, which is actually a huge mistake. Yes, because now you don't know which one's which. I had to put stickers on them and draw on them with a Sharpie, which sort of helps, but really doesn't when they're in the briefcase. So yeah, it can be any color. (laughs) Yes, any color. Make sure it's a different color to everything else because otherwise you won't be able to find it. So we'll explain what it is with a little bit of history. So for those of you that don't remember before computers, before computers, there were typewriters and managers generally didn't have a typewriter. They would have a secretary or an executive assistant and that person would do the typing. And one thing that every assistant or executive assistant or secretary had on their desk was a black book or a Bible or... Uh, sometimes they just called it my book. And and basically it was a notebook or a folder that contained everything they needed to know about their boss or their department. Remember, they only have typewriters. If they get a frequent flyer number, they can't put it in the computer. So they have to put it in the book, otherwise they have to look it up the whole time or call or whatever. So then when everybody got computers, secretaries and admins started to disappear because managers could do their own correspondence. But... The black book, the book of information, is still really, really useful. And I know everybody is now thinking, Wendy, we've got iPhones and iPads, and (laughs) I don't need stuff that's on paper. And we're going to try and convince you, you do need stuff that's on paper. And even if we don't manage to convince you, you need it on paper. At least think about the categories of things that we're going to talk about and have them somewhere on your iPhone or your iPad or whatever technology you're using in one place. But there's good reasons for having it on paper. Yeah. So we're going to cover three things. We're going to cover what is a black book, put everything in it, and keep it up to date, which might be the hardest thing. (laughs) But that's okay. We'll start with what is a black book, right? What are we talking about here? What is the thing that we're covering? And a black book is a notebook or a folder that contains everything that you need to look up frequently or things that you have to look up infrequently but are also hard to find, right? Things that you would need to remember, but maybe you don't remember where to get them or, you know, something. Even in this, it's for me sometimes, because I have a file kind of like this, it's called my digits file. And it's the kind of thing where if you have to reset the password to get there, it needs to be in your black book because that's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, now I have to go through this resetting the password and dual factor authentication and it's a lot. 15 minutes later, you now have your frequent flight number. Yes, and you're just so frustrated. And that level of effort when a lot of things nowadays, it's so easy to get into your stuff because of saved passwords or you know things like that, which it's funny. I have an iPhone X and I am convinced that Face ID is just a way for me to not ever remember a password, which I appreciate, but am also scared of because it uses your face and it automatically inputs your saved passwords, which 
while great, can be very bad if you haven't used a password in, you know, since I got the phone. It's like phone numbers, right? You don't yes. know. If I asked you, what's your dad's phone number? You'd be like, I don't know. I can tell you because I used to be his admin and I used to say it a lot. <laughs> but yeah. it's one of the four phone numbers I have in my head. I only know the first six digits. Yeah. And yet one of the reasons I know my parents' phone number is because they've lived in their house for 400 years and the phone number has never changed. And so it's the same as when I was five and I had to learn it in case I got lost. (laughs) So, you know. These are the kind of things that you need to put in the book. We've got some examples of things that you need to put in there because it's these experiences that we're helping to ease and avoid, right? Some things you probably need to have in there are phone numbers of everyone on the team and their email addresses. And if you've listened to some of our guidance about your network, you might consider if it's allowed or acceptable, maybe personal email addresses in addition to work email addresses, especially work email addresses too, because oftentimes it's like combinations of parts of your name. But if there's two Dave Johnsons at your organization, yeah. Which one's which? Right. So phone numbers, email addresses, home addresses of the team, phone numbers, and email addresses for people you talk to regularly. I didn't know my grandmother's email address the other day. (laughs) (laughs) And it's fine. Like when you're on your machine and it autofills because you've done it 10,000 times. But if if your laptop goes, you you and I were just talking before we started, your laptop is on the fritz. So you're going to take it to Apple and they're going to say, okay, we'll keep it, but here's a loaner. And the moment you have a loaner, it's like, well, it doesn't autofill. Now I don't know the addresses of anybody. These are the kind of things that you need to know. Phone numbers and account numbers for companies you speak to regularly. For me, that'd be American Airlines. When I first started out after college, I worked for Mark for a little bit and I had a list of these phone numbers, like places he would travel a lot. Contact details is one thing. And also dates, company holidays, federal holidays, bank holidays, if you will. If you work with people in different countries, their holidays, because there's nothing more frustrating than being in work and calling England and them saying, oh, I'm sorry, it's Maybank holiday. We don't work this day. Right. And even too, you might have some birth dates in there, especially if you work on a team um, or if you're supporting a team, because you might need to know that information. Even if you just want to wish someone happy birthday on their birthday, right? Yeah. Exactly. I didn't want to be too nice, right? Um, Other useful information too, your employee number, your payroll number, your frequent flyer numbers, definitely. And nowadays too, this includes things like your hotel points account or your company car information, your rental car account. Your TSA pre-check number. So true. And your global entry number, your passport number, Mm -hmm. all of these things. It's just this huge list, right? The company car information, rental car stuff, serial numbers and ages for your equipment, which by the way, guys, we're talking about company cars for a second. You might want to have the VIN number for that too. I sold my car two or three years ago and realized it was a personal car, but realized 
how important VIN numbers are if you do anything with a car that's not just drive back and forth to work. Org charts, like organizational charts for the company, for the team, definitely to be included. Process information, like certain processes, procedures. Even for me, I have some emails that I've drafted, Mm -hmm. like text expander kind of emails that I use over and over again that I keep somewhere else. In fact, I keep them in a folder and printed out because sometimes I'm in a place where I don't have access to the internet and I want to write some emails, but checklists, steps in a certain procedure, things like that. And then personal information too. So the names of your team, your their family members, like their spouses, their children, things like that. The birthdays of your team, which we also said, and maybe like food preferences, things like if someone's allergic to something or, you know, I don't know. Some of that stuff's actually a big deal um, and and can be the kind of thing that you wouldn't normally remember. I find it easy to, to remember, oh, well, I know somebody can't eat something, but what are the odds you're going to remember that when it's time to order the catering for the meeting or something like that? Exactly. Right, you, you don't eat fish? or you Is it shellfish or fish that you're allergic to? I can't eat Anything that comes out of any water. I know that because I've been around you at meal times, and I've said, oh, are you not having eggs? And you said, no, I'm allergic to it. But I wouldn't remember that. If I was ordering dinner for our team and I picked somewhere, you know, a fish restaurant, wouldn't even occur to me unless right. I had it written down. And it's the kind of thing that's so funny because people remember, and most people have that allergy, have like a specific kind of it. like shellfish and it's so much easier right it's just like oh some people are allergic to shellfish um my sister is actually but at the same time i mean you might need to know that i was actually invited to dinner last week at a place where i could not eat and it's not fun so these are the kinds of things that would go into your black book your notebook right this is the stuff we would put in it because these are the kind of things that are important and memorable and that they're necessary at a certain time that maybe you don't have access to them through another venue or maybe honestly just don't remember because you don't use it often enough. Exactly. When I was writing this, I was thinking about all the people that are saying, I can look this up. It'll take me two minutes. And I thought about it and I thought, okay, I'm going to do an experiment. So I don't have an employee number (laughs) unless you count four because I was the fourth employee. (laughs) It's not hard to remember. So I used my health insurance number as my proxy. Okay, good. So I went to the website, logged in. I I have my login details saved, so that was easy. Navigated to the page where the thing is, which takes me three minutes because actually it didn't take me three minutes, but it takes me like, okay, which of the tabs is the number under? I can never remember. And then I have to enlarge the text because it's a really tiny text and I can't read it. And it took about 30 seconds, which doesn't sound like very long. But then I thought, okay, what can I look up that's kind of the equivalent that's actually in my book, which is on my desk? And I thought, okay, I'll find Mark's frequent flyer number, which I actually, actually happen to know. But I thought, so I opened the folder, I flipped to the page because there's only 
five or six pages in it and I have headings at the top so I know which one it is. I flip to the page. I don't have to enlarge it because I printed it big enough for me to read and it took me three seconds. And okay, so the difference is 27 seconds, which sounds like nothing. But I use my book 10 times a day. So that's 50 times a week. And every time I save those 27 seconds and we're all busy and we all say we all have too much work to do and I can't get everything done. And I just saved 50 times 27, which I can't do math in my head. Is that 25 minutes? Roughly? Yeah. I just saved 25 minutes. That's so funny. You know what? I I think like given a laptop in 25 minutes, like you could rule the world. You could go to lunch, which I never do. You could leave home or leave work and go home early or you know you could go to the gym at lunch yes 25 minutes a week is you know that's a big deal to me I don't know and people are thinking okay good so time saving great and what about I can just put this in a folder I can put it online I can have you know a shared document that I can look up and that works as long as the internet's working or your device is working or everything is charged or you're not stuck on the tarmac because there's a fire in the place where you're landing and everything is dead and you've been trapped there for hours. And you need to call the airline and say, please help me with my flight or you need to call the hotel. You can look this stuff up even when the website is down. I can be on the phone and find the number in my book one-handed. I cannot type with one hand. I have to put my phone like under my shoulder, which is uncomfortable, and I usually drop it or I make it go to FaceTime, which is not what I want to <laughs> And in my experience, if somebody is stood standing at your desk and they say, hey, do you know how to find X? And you flip to the page where you've recorded, okay, so X is on, if you go to the website, uh, you go to the internet and it's on, uh, look for this, and it's the third one down because you made a note of that because you can never remember where it is. People are super impressed by that. Like, how do you know that? Why, why did you write that down? Now, the next problem is they continually come to you, but hopefully you can teach them <laughs> the, the value of a little black book. Yeah, it's not only can you always look it up, but it's always going to take a smaller amount of time. Maybe the internet's slow or you need to reset the box or... Like today, my laptop had to be rebooted. You can find this stuff in your book much faster, given any circumstance, because it's right there. And so that's something that's a value, especially to me, because I sometimes I can't even remember where it's saved, right? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we have so many folders. It's, I mean, I think I know where my digits file is, but I also have all that printed in the back of my red notebook because all my notebooks are red. Um, These are the things that we need to keep in mind. Also, if you're on the phone with someone and they want you to look something up, or if you're trying to look something up during the call, they can hear you typing. Yes. And you might have tabs of stuff open that you don't want people to see. Maybe you're reading an article at lunch, or maybe you really like, you know, gossip websites or something. And you don't want people to see what's on your phone or something like that. And I have a theory that computers are specially designed that when somebody is on the phone and you're looking something up, they go extra slow. 
I think there's like some kind of communication between the phone and the computer. Because how many times do you get on the phone and, and someone says, hold on, I'll look it up for you. And they, oh, sorry, my phone, my computer's being really slow. Or, I'm sorry, the pages are loading really slowly. Because we are really attuned to how long someone has been waiting. And it probably is only that 30 seconds, but it feels like forever. Yeah. I think it's because we are less attuned to how we spend our time than how we're spending other people's time if they're waiting on us. I'm not paying any attention to how much long it takes for me. In fact, one of the funny examples of this is GPS. I moved back to Austin recently and I don't know the city that well anymore. And to be totally honest, I don't drive that much. So I use Google Maps or these kinds of services a lot when I'm driving around, especially because of traffic. And if you said to me, Kate, how long does it take to get to the airport from your house? I would say 10 minutes. Uh, That's not accurate at all. Like that's not accurate. We're really bad at predicting, right? Saying, oh, it's going to take this time. And I came from the airport the other day and it's 17 minutes. That's almost double. And when people are waiting on me to get somewhere, I notice that it's 17 minutes. Oh, you're trying to get to the airport? Yeah. If it's just me that is relying on the time frame, I don't mind. You know, two or three minutes, seven minutes, either way. But if someone's waiting or someone's watching, it feels like an eternity. So there's all kinds of reasons for this. And we're always so excited when you get to take notes and have things written down. I don't know why that is. We have that shared joy, I guess. Another example of this is instruction sheets, right? Or like lists and stuff that you might use. Um, There's probably a lot of listeners and people, I know I do, you have a list or some instruction sheet pinned up to your wall of your cube or on a post-it hanging beneath your monitor. Mm -hmm. It looks kind of messy, kind of disorganized, especially if that paper's been there a while or like other papers are over it or there's corrections or things. You can put that stuff in your book and just move that stuff. And you can keep all this information in your phone or in a system like Evernote. But again, looking it up when I experimented took way longer than the three seconds it took to look in my book without counting what I would do if my phone or my laptop was dead. When I tested it, it took me twice as long to find information in Evernote than it did in my book, even though Evernote was already open. And I knew what I was searching for. And if you're going to put it in Evernote or something like that, then just print it. Yes. And put it in a folder and say, this is my book. Yeah. And this is like, when you're getting ridiculous. And then uh, in a week, we guarantee you'll look in the book. Yeah. And there, uh, there are some things where it's easier to have it printed to read or to understand. Like things like organization charts are really hard to understand when you see them on a screen because... Sometimes they're too big for the screen, or so you have to zoom out and then you can't read anything, or they're too complex. So having things like that printed out, it makes much more sense. One, they're more understandable. Two, you can mark them up. So, you you know, if, if John moves to a different role or, you know, he leaves and he's replaced by Rudy, you just have to scribble on it and replace it. Now, you want to eventually update it. You don't want them to be outdated and, and always scribbled on. But in the 
moment when you see something that says, oh, uh, John's leaving, he's been replaced by Rudy, it takes you two seconds to update your book. I think sometimes we get a little, we kind of make the assumption that if it's on a screen, it doesn't need to be printed out. But a lot of visual things were not meant to be on screens originally, things like org charts. And so, sure, typing, it's easy to look at, but organizational charts or even like flow charts, things like that. It's just, those things are meant to be visual aids and having it on the screen is not the same thing as having it printed out just because of the way we use these things. And we've talked about all these things and we've also talked about having your email address book and your phone list printed out in case your computer crashes. This has been on previous casts and things. And this is also useful in the possible situation where your company equipment is taken away from you, the book is just an upgraded or enhanced version of that previous guidance. This is, you know, another way to capture the things that are important and make sure that we have those things available when we need them, which is why you should put everything in it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is our next next part of our outline so put everything in it so hopefully we've convinced you that you do need a book so now we're going to talk about what you put in it and we listed kate listed some things earlier but basically you put anything in it that you need to look up again so if one day you find yourself googling the number for united because you fly with them once every six months put that number in your book it's a no second (laughs) maybe a three second exercise you can even write it on a post-it note and then just stick it in. And yeah, the next time you need it, open the book. It's way easier. You know, if you Google United contact numbers, there's like 15 different numbers. Like there's customer service and there's what happened if I was late and there's what happens if I want to spend my miles and all that stuff. If you want the one number that's for, you know, customer service, if you want to book a flight, then in your book, you just write that one number. You don't have to read all of the others and try and work out which one it is. It's way easier. It's genius. Even things we talked about, instructions, things that are really important that don't happen that often, right? Once a year, you have to do your annual review. Put the instructions in the book. And it might seem counterintuitive that since you only need them once a year, they're not very useful. And actually... Now you'll know where they are next year. And so you won't have to go digging and it will reduce the time spent next year. Right. Mark talks about the Christmas rule, right? Yeah. The Christmas rule is things that are important that we don't do very often, we often do badly. Like interviewing. It's important, but we don't do it very often and then we do it badly. If you think of your Christmas tree and you took it apart and you put it in the attic and come December, you have to take it out and you take it out of the box. And then you think, okay, I can't remember. Does does this piece go on top? And do I put this piece first or that piece? And nobody ever keeps the instructions. I can, no. <laughs> you know, because that's not who we are. And so then you have to Google like how to put this Christmas tree up. It's frustrating and annoying and there's something about like, I don't know how to do this and yet it should be completely simple how can this be hard? Um, You know, if you had kept those instructions or even a note to yourself, right, that the smallest piece goes on top and then the three other pieces that are the same size are interchangeable. It doesn't matter which order you put them in. And then the last piece goes on the bottom and then you splay the legs out. And I I never put a Christmas tree together, so I'm just guessing. Um, (laughs) But, you know, if you had that, like, 
six-step process on a piece of paper in the box, it would save you so much grief on, you know, at Christmas when the kids are like, Daddy, why haven't you put the tree up? Yeah. And this is the same thing. It's it's not that any of this stuff is particularly difficult. It is that your mind and your brain is full of a million other things. And we want it to be full of, full of a million other things. We want to fill it, fill it with ideas and relationships and all the, all the things that only your brain can do and outsource the stuff that something else can do, which is writing a list or holding a list or holding instructions, which the book can do. Absolutely. And part of the value of this not being electronic is because we might not be able to find all those easily findable electronic things. How often have you thought that you saved something in one place, but it was somewhere else, or you tagged it as one thing, but you thought you tagged it something else, or it's a text file instead of a Word document, or it's been archived or deleted and you can't find it. Even if you need to do things online, instructions on where to find it or how to complete something or the information that you'll need to complete that thing is useful and it can go in the book so that you're not searching through Evernote or your notes. I actually keep a list of books to read in the notes of my iPhone. Mm -hmm. And recently during a meeting, I put three things that Mark wanted me to read in my notes, but I put them in the wrong note. It's not the book's note. So I was searching today because that's, it was one of my deliverables to read that stuff and I couldn't find it anywhere and I couldn't remember what to read and I just was lost. (laughs) So frustrating. Yeah. The other advantages of this is, for instance, I have a set of instructions on how to start a Zoom call, which is really not difficult. You go to the website, you sign in, you go to my meetings, you find the one that's in red and you click it. And I needed it the first five times I did it because I could never remember how to do it, never remember where to go. And now it's in my head. It's muscle memory. I don't need it. But when I'm on vacation and somebody else needs to do it, I can just scan the page or just, you know, retype it depending on what I'm going to do or just read it to somebody else. And I might not need that instruction anymore unless I'm hit on the head and I forget how to do everything. But it's really helpful to have those things for other people as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Your book is really the place where you keep the information too about the people you work with. So if the person you communicate with in accounts payable is going on vacation, you should write that down so that before the next time you communicate with them, you can look at the book and remember to ask, hey, how was your vacation? Or if someone's coming to town and at lunch they say, oh, they really like Japanese. Okay, well, guess what? Next time they come to town, you can take them to a Japanese restaurant, which sounds Mm -hmm. delicious. And this is part of how people who aren't naturally good at details about people, right? People who wouldn't call themselves people, people. This is how we fake it. This is how we remember these things that we want to keep at the top of our mind about others, the details. And if you're able to lock your folder away at the end of the day or you can put it in a bag that you always have with you you can include passwords and credit card numbers and other confidential information 
And obviously, security is more important than ease. But if you feel comfortable leaving your wallet on your desk with your credit cards in it, it's probably okay to leave your book on your desk with your credit cards numbers in it. But, you know, you have to judge that situation each time. It's easy for me because I work from home and the only person here is my cat and he doesn't know how to use a credit card. But I can imagine in some... (laughs) Yet, right? He's developing. Um, in, in some places I've worked in in the past, I, I can imagine leaving this out with that information and some places I wouldn't have done. So that's up to you. Mm-hmm. So the last part is keep it up to date. Of course, the book is useless if the information in it is old. The advantages of having a printed page is that you can just scribble the new info on or add a post-it when you need to make fast updates. You can actually just Sometimes I just fold a post-it note over and make it really small and then put it over the old information because sometimes you have to go back, right, for passwords. Oh, yes. Yeah, when it says, you can't use your last five passwords. Like, what were my last five passwords? Yeah, even just the memory of it is helpful sometimes. Um, When it starts to get messy, take an hour at the end of the day or the week, you know, Friday afternoon and tidy it up. Make it clean again. Um, this is a great task for when these, you know there's something that has to get done, but you're unmotivated or you're tired or you just don't have any mental energy left because it's really just, you know, moving data. And that's something we can do, you know, even at our lowest mental capacity. So you have to keep your book up to date and make sure that the information in it is accurate. And actually, this is a really good place to write things down like when you change your password because if you change it and you can't remember that can cause an issue thank you face id (laughs) (laughs) right and if you sometimes if you write down the date that you changed your password the date will give you an idea of okay what was the most important thing to me on that date or around that time oh that's what i probably changed the password to mm-hmm. sometimes you know sometimes you do it that way sometimes the date or the place on the book like a place on the page can jog your memory in a way that you know that glowing box that says wrong password does does not jog your memory yeah it's not very helpful so we can imagine that some people still don't believe us so we have a challenge for you next to time you're in a store that has stationery which is practically every grocery store so just pick up the cheapest spiral-bound notebook there is. Like It doesn't have to be pretty. Just the 10 cents, 50 cents notebook. Keep it with you and for a week, write down everything you have to look up. And we'll guarantee in the second week, that's the first time, place you'll look when you have to look that stuff up again. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Wendy. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more guidance. 